Would you all pray with me? Gracious God, you are the seeker of the lost. Draw your children back to your loving embrace. Restore us to our inheritance as your children. And reconcile our hearts to you that we may become your ambassadors. Ambassadors of your reconciling love for all of the world. We pray this through Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know if you all knew this or not, but we are a community of new creation. I'm not talking about the new construction smell that we still have in this room since the dust has settled or the amazing new bathrooms that are just outside those doors. They are truly awesome. They will change your life. We are a community earnestly living and anticipating the new creation that has been promised to us by God in and through Jesus Christ. Every time a person is baptized, every time the water flows off of their heads, they are named, claimed, beloved, and We experience the newness of creation as those waters flow. We are a community that recognizes the newness that comes to all of creation through those waters. We're a community. We come together. We place our individual needs aside, acting contrary to what the world tells us that we should be doing. Contrary to the, to the idea of having a personal relationship with Christ and not a relationship with Christ in and through a community. We live together, grounded in Christ's life, death, and resurrection. Christ's life, death, and resurrection, especially the resurrection, is what binds and holds all of us together. It is Christ's resurrection that makes it so that all of our differences, all of those things that say that you can't like me because of something I believe or I shouldn't associate with you because of something you've done or something you believe. It's Christ's resurrection that settles that and brings us together. Christ's resurrection, therefore, makes us a community of resurrection. Christ overcame the power and sin and death and made it so that we can live in the newness of what God was doing. We anxiously look to the resurrection next month on Easter. And through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our relationship with God, our communal relationship with God, humanity's relationship with God was transformed and renewed. God's new creation cannot be achieved through individuals. God's new creation cannot be achieved through you or through me. And God's new creation certainly cannot be achieved through the church. Our failure to follow Christ's commandments has made it impossible for us to reconcile ourselves our community, and the world with God. We are entirely dependent upon the saving mercy of God in Christ. Dependent individually, yes, but also as a community. Our life as a community of resurrection is held together by the vows 
that were made at the baptismal waters when we were children or when we were adults. You know, I told our confirmands last week, I told them that what they will agree to in June on Pentecost will change the way that they will view the world and thus change the world through the way God will work in them. To put it more bluntly, just before them, I told them that the world would change through God's work in them. I told them that what they are learning in confirmation last week, this week, and next week will be the most important thing that they hear about in the month of May and April. Regardless of what they learn at school, and if you're a teacher, I'm sorry, but I've got the microphone, so I think that what I'm saying is more important. I think our baptismal vows, the things that bind us in into community with one another. The things that separate the things that separate us from our community. That is more important than anything else we can talk about, whether it's here at church or with our family and friends. Our baptismal vows direct us towards God's presence and God's activity in the life of our community and in the world. And in this shift, we begin to see the newness of what God is doing throughout creation as we see more and more the activity of God and God's agency over our own. As we begin to realize what this newness of God has done and will do, we have the opportunity, just as Israel did, to look back and to look forward. Joshua recounted Israel's coming arrival into the promised land, anticipating the possibility of what the future held for them, while at the same time remembering just how far they had traveled. The disgrace of Egypt would be remembered, but Israel would not have its future dictated by that disgrace. As a community, they could look back and remember the shame and the pain of their bondage, but shame and pain would not dictate and decide who they would become. Shame and pain could not and would not change their chosenness by God. Shame and pain do not change the chosenness that we receive when the waters of baptism flow off of our heads. Israel would set aside the shame and the pain of bondage when they observed their first Passover as they were entering into the new land. Their exodus from shame and pain began with the first Passover as they began to leave Egypt. And now as they were preparing to enter into the promised land, they celebrated who they were children of God, and they celebrated how far they had come. As a community, they celebrated the past work of God and began to look forward to what God was going to do through them and in them as they were entering into this promised land. And I know what you're thinking. Pastor Terry, you're all over the place. You've talked about creation, resurrection, community, exodus, and Passover. I know that I forgot communion, but don't worry, I'll get there. And what does all this have to do with Mount Olivet? What does all of that have to do with us today? Well, I'm glad you're thinking that, and I'll tell you. We live as a community in the light of the empty tomb. 
We do not live in the shadow of the cross, but we live in the light of Christ's resurrection. We are a community of God's new creation. We are a resurrection community. If we are a community of new creation, then we are a community earnestly seeking to extend and ask for forgiveness outside the walls of this building. If we are a community of new creation, then we are a community earnestly seeking to extend Christ's invitation to this table beyond the walls of this building. Reconciliation with one another. Reconciliation is what enables us to gather around Christ's table. Reconciliation cannot happen without forgiveness. After all, if we have been reconciled by God in Jesus Christ to God, and God is no longer counting people's sins against them, then we are a community called into the same work. We are a community seeking reconciliation, but without forgiveness, there is no way for us to be reconciled with one another. Forgiveness is the beginning of our lives together. In the beginning of the reconciling work, God has invited us as a community to participate in. Desmond Tutu put it best. He said, without forgiveness, there can be no future. Without forgiveness, we cannot live as a community of resurrection. Without forgiveness, we cannot be a community of God's new creation. Forgiveness leading to reconciliation with God and forgiveness leading to reconciliation with one another. The work of reconciliation turns us away from our sin and turns us towards God's righteousness. Just as repentance causes us to reorient ourselves towards the kingdom of God, forgiveness and reconciliation reorient us towards the new creation that God has invited us to be a part of. It is impossible for us to confess that we love our, love our neighbors and yet divide from one another. It's a scandal to say that we love our neighbors as ourselves and remain separated from those we claim to love. It's a scandal to say that we love our neighbors as ourselves when we exclude our neighbors from Christ's body. The invitation to Christ's table and to the fullness of life in Christ's body, the church is open to all people. And it's hard work. It's really hard work. It requires intentionality. It requires us to act with humility, mercy, and grace. The good news is that in our reconciliation with God and with one another, the starting point is the humility, mercy, and grace of Jesus Christ. The starting point is the humility, mercy, and grace of God and not our own. As we begin to leave behind the disgrace of sin and separation. We begin to accept the invitation of Christ's humility, Christ's mercy, and Christ's grace, and to experience the fullness of God's new creation. You and I, as much as we like to think it, we are not creating something new. 
Okay, for all you Enneagram 8s out there, it's not about us. It's not about any of us. Just like the older brother, when the prodigal son returned, we find ourselves lurking in the darkness of the party that the merciful and gracious father threw to the son who had been lost. We start to think, what about me? What about us? I have been faithful. I have followed the law. I, 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 and me. We see in the newness of creation that God's forgiveness is always extended to us. Through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have been reconciled with God. New business, new creation is God's business. God has completed this work in and through Jesus Christ. God's grace invites all of us. And when we say all of us, we mean the entire community to step out of the shadow of sin and separation and into the fullness of what God can and will create. Thanks be to God. Amen.